let's start with the very first thing. You've got to sit down and decide why you're going to the conference. What are you going there mm-hmm. for? Mm-hmm. And repeatedly, I will see photographers, and I used to see it at WPPI all the time, and I know it'll happen at ClickCon, where they're so excited to get there, and then they're like a deer in your headlights. And they're, they're scatterbrained, and they'll say, all right, I've got to get over to Canon or Nikon or Panasonic um, mm-hmm. or Sony because that's my camera. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and on their way there, they walk by 10 different booths and three different educators that they should have stopped and said hello to. Today, Skip will tell us how you can prepare for a photography conference or convention once you decide to go. My interview with Skip Cohen of Skip Cohen University. there, Canon friends. Welcome to the EOS Photographer Podcast. If you are learning photography using your Canon gear, you're in the right place. Here, we speak with great photographers and extract practical lessons for you. From Rebels to 5Ds, the gear you own is the gear we'll feature. Now, here's your host, Linford Morton. Welcome to the EOS Photographer Podcast. This is the podcast where you learn your Canon DSLR and you learn how to use it to change your world. This is Lynn, your host, and today we continue the conversation we began last week. If you missed last week's episode, please go back and listen. You won't regret it. Plus, you'll see how it leads in to today's conversation my interview with Skip Cohen of Skip Cohen University. Can I fanboy for a second here? I have been listening to Skip Cohen for at least 10 years or so it feels. I used to be a regular consumer of a podcast he did with Scott Bourne, the godfather of photography podcasts. These guys taught me so much and were such an inspiration. I remember they even did a spinoff called Going Pro, which talked about everything you needed to know about going pro with your photography. It was such a great resource. I think it actually became a book. All good stuff. All good stuff from Skip. So when I tell you that you're in for a treat, you'll have to believe me. Now, my biggest challenge was, how do you narrow down the breadth of information he has to share to a single topic, something we can focus on for an interview that lasts 20, 30-ish minutes? Eventually, I decided to continue the conversation we started last week. After all, that was the reason I approached Skip in the first place. I'll explain what I mean after the break when we talk with Skip Cohen. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash EOS photographer. You'll find more than 180,000 titles to choose from, and you can listen to them on your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. And because you're a member of the EOS Photographer family, Audible is offering you this free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial so you have an opportunity to check out their service. Start yours today at 
audibletrial.com forward slash EOS photographer. Last week, Sherry Hagerman told us an inspiring story about how she went from being a broke photographer to one of the best wedding shooters in the country. And she credits a lot of the turnaround to her encounter with Skip Cohen. Now, I had heard of Skip Cohen. I knew him as a photography educator, podcaster, and someone who had held some influential roles in the camera and photography industry. But this portrayal of Skip by Sherry intrigued me. I loved the fact that someone who had achieved as much as he had still took the time to help an individual photographer. So I wanted his side of the story, and I asked Sherry if she minded if I reached out to Skip. I was only hoping for a few sentences. I wanted to give a little depth and further context to Sherry's story. And I planned to just pop it in after Sherry's interview to round out that whole story about her and her journey. True to the portrait Sherry had painted of Skip, he offered to do an entire interview rather than just give me a couple sentences. And that was a lesson for me, because honestly, I almost didn't reach out to him, because I figured, oh, this guy's just too busy anyway. But just like Sherry, he made time for us. So I decided to expand on the lesson we told last week. Now, if you remember, we closed it out with the ways you can learn at a conference, and specifically ClickCon. Today, Skip will tell us how you can prepare for a photography conference or convention once you decide to go. Here's my interview with Skip. All right, I am with Skip Cohen, who is really one of the icons of not just the photography industry, but photography education as well. And so I'm really excited to talk with him to continue the conversation we had last week with Sherry on learning and learning using conferences. Hi, Skip. How are you? Hey, thank you. Um, I'm good, and I appreciate being an icon, but I have to tell you something. <laughs> I, everybody's reputation, It if you love what you're doing, you suddenly wind up being an icon because you're out there a lot. So right. I, I appreciate being called an icon, but in all honesty, it's just a matter of, of, I love this industry, and I've been in it my entire adult life, or at least that time I was supposed to act like an adult. <laughs> so, well, tell, tell us a little bit, for those who might not have followed your career, why don't you give us an overview on some of the highlights? All right. I'm going to do it in about, I'm going to see if I can do it in two minutes. Um, I was every parent's worst nightmare when it came to college, was was asked to leave several times um, oh because I because I never opened a book. Um, I convinced my parents if I had an apartment, I would study harder and wound up <laughs> in an apartment. And if I had a car, I could come home more often. You were allowed to have a car, but I had it hidden behind a, a motel in town for 10 bucks a month um, <laughs> and just didn't, didn't study. I was immature, did not know what I wanted to do in life and shouldn't have been in school in the first place and went to work for uh, Polaroid when Miami of Ohio finally said, you're not allowed to be in school here anymore. Okay. At that point, um, somewhere in there, I got married, Had we had our first child, and I went back to school nights at Boston University and, and got what I needed for the rest of my career. But I, it was just a matter of being immature. And mm -hmm. I didn't know what I wanted to do. And if I had a course that I loved, 
I got an A. If I had something that I had to take, um, just forget it. I wasn't even going right. to go to class. So there I am at Polaroid. I was with Polaroid for 17 and a half outstanding years. Um, in the end, I left as I was the photo specialty dealer manager, which is essentially camera stores. And that was the channel of trade at the time. It was roughly about $125 million of business. And I was the marketing manager for that channel. Um, somewhere in there, I got a cold call one day from a headhunter asking me if I wanted to be, if I knew of anybody that wanted to be president of a small camera company. I thought it was my brother-in-law, told him to kiss my tush. I'll see you later. Um, in fact, I was a lot more colorful. And as I'm hanging up the phone, I hear this headhunter screaming, no, 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 this is legitimate. <laughs> and... The gentleman was a, a guy by the name of Mark Chappelle. He was with Agon Zender, who was a Swiss search firm who had been hired to find um, a president for Hasselblad USA. Wow. Um, joined Hasselblad uh, in 87, was there for 12 terrific years, and left to go play on the internet when two knuckleheads came into my office and said, we need somebody that knows the photo industry. Uh, the company was photoalley.com. We got in up to about $35, $37 million in sales, but still couldn't get in the black. And that was mm -hmm. in the, oh, oh, late, late nineties into the tooth into 2000, 2001. And mm -hmm. that's when Yahoo and AOL, I mean, advertising was extremely expensive. And when the internet imploded around 2001, I was out of a job, and my accountant said, if you don't go stand in the unemployment line, I will, um, because it's part of the benefit you've paid for all your life. And right. it was incredibly demoralizing. I mean, I'm going from having a million shares in photoalley.com and anticipating owning my own island in the Caribbean someday to zero. <laughs> that was the time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And at that time, I was, I was good friends with the owner of Rangefinder Magazine and WPPI. And he said, why don't you come out and be president of the company here and I'll stay out of your hair and become, you know, ch CEO, chairman of the board. And I went out to Rangefinder WPPI for the next seven years, which bulk of it was very good towards the end. Um, he and I disagreed on a lot of different things uh, in terms of the company. And I left in 2009 to start my own company. And there's mm -hmm. another lesson in there. I mean, all along the way, I love sharing this story because everybody always looks at a change in their life and saying, oh, my God, um, I just got laid off or my company went out of business or, oh, my mm -hmm. God, what am I going to do? I was in HR Polaroid for several years, and I remember getting a call one day from a woman who was trying to decide whether or not she should continue her pregnancy because what? her husband, she wanted to know if he was going to lose his job. Um, he was a machine operator on the production line and she was actually considering an abortion because they didn't, she didn't know if they could afford another child. And there's so many lessons along the way, cause I'm convinced that everything always works out for the better. Um, the bottom line is that when I left in 2009 and went, started my own company, um, my wife, Sheila said to me, what is it you're afraid of? And my answer was, I'm afraid of failing. And mm. It's like, well, wait a minute, you know, you're Skip Cohen. Well, that's <laughs> nonsense. I mean, I, I had a lot of exposure, especially as president of Hasselblad and then president of, of 
rangefinder and WPPI, but it doesn't change the fear or sometimes the lack of self-confidence that all mm. of us have. And, hmm. you know, they're, they're great photographers and, and presenters that we've all heard. And if you actually sit down and say to them, you know, how do you feel before you have to get up and do a presentation? You'll find that often the nerves get the best of them. They're worried about, right. is my content right? Um, God, there's so many different things that add to the stress. So mm-hmm. it's universal. So there, there's, I went, I went, uh, God, I went about five and a half minutes. So I thought I could do it in two and a half. No, that's great. And and you managed to drop a couple lessons in there for us as well. So, well, there's a great better. line. There's a great quote that I love that that goes, uh, "Remember, it's just a bad day, not a bad life." Just a bad day, so not a bad life. You gotta you gotta keep it in perspective, and I guess it's it's called keep your eye on the prize. But right for most of us, I don't know. I haven't figured out what the hell the prize is yet. I just, I wake up, I like what I'm doing and my definition of success today is waking up every morning with a smile on my face. With a smile on your face. That's a choice. And, and the, and the company you started was Skip Cohen University or? Actually it's Marketing Essentials International, which is why my email is um, mei500.com, which was essentially nothing more than an umbrella for me to stand under and do all the things I like to do. So the business entity um, is actually MEI, but MEI owns Skip Cone University. And that really became my focus in 2013. And somehow my life over the years morphed into mm-hmm. being a writer and content provider. And mm-hmm. it just kept growing from there. At that time, I was involved in, I started out doing I was involved in three different podcasts, and then I was doing some consulting um, mm-hmm. for a couple of different companies. And I remember my buddy Scott Bourne saying to me, what do you think would happen if you just did one thing and, <laughs> and put all your energy into one Focus. blog? So we started Skip Cone University, and I wasn't at it more than a couple of months when I got a monstrous complaint um, from somebody that that I was – how did he put it? I, I was a phony that there was what? no, there was no university. Oh. And, and I said, wait a minute, this is like, this is like hamburger you for McDonald's. It was never <laughs> meant to be, you know, I mean, he was, and yeah. he was firing questions like, and where's your campus? And oh, you're not goodness. accredited by, by any state educational authority. Oh, it's like, goodness. stop it. This is an educational resource for photographers. It's free. Um, over the years, we did do some summer programs, and then in 2013, we did five summers in a row of Skip Summer School um, mm-hmm. that would go on always in the August time frame. And we finally, I finally had to pull the plug on it, only because people don't understand how labor intensive a program mm-hmm. like that is. And it was just me and Sheila and some great friends who were helping me, right. but it needed it needed more attention. And it, it needed more people and it needed more support. And that's when I walked away and said, all right, let, let's help other people out there on the conference side and be out there as a speaker as opposed to trying to do my own thing. 
Well, that's a good way to segue then into conferences. You're involved in ClickCon with Sherry and, of course, WPPI, and you've done your own thing. When we think about it as photographers, I know we can we can show up at these conferences and trade shows, and sometimes there's so much going on, we can just get overwhelmed and and then leave with nothing. So... I wonder if you could share some of your thoughts about how someone might prepare for a conference and to make sure they get the most of it. Oh my God. Yes. And, and thank you. Cause it's a, it's a pet peeve of mine. Let's start with the very first thing. You've got to sit down and decide why you're going to the conference. What are you going there mm-hmm. for? Mm-hmm. And repeatedly I will see photographers and I used to see it at WPPI all the time. And I know it'll happen at click on, where they're so excited to get there and then they're like a deer in your headlights and they're, they're scatterbrained and they'll say, all right, I've got to get over to Canon or Nikon or Panasonic uh, mm-hmm. or Sony because it's, that's my camera. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and on their way there, they walk by 10 different booths and three different educators that they should have stopped and said hello to. You, you have to think through, all right, for example, ClickCon is two days or three days if you're doing ClickCon Max, but it's really two days of the of the trade show when the vendors are going to be there and when a lot of the classes are going on. So mm-hmm. when when people go to a conference or, or convention trade show, I use the, each, each one of those kind of independently and they all overlap as you define them. Sure. When you're when you're headed out, it, when you don't have a plan, I mean, you wouldn't set out to drive across country um, if you were doing one of those kinds of trips without a without a map or without GPS. Right. I, you you kind of know. All right. Uh, you know, here's how many hours a day I want to drive and sit in my car. Well, it's mm-hmm. no difference when you go to a conference. Your time is valuable. Your money is mm-hmm. valuable. And if you're going to take two days and get away from your business then you got to make sure that you're going to get the most out of it to justify um, the money and the things that you wouldn't be doing in those two days you're going to be gone or three days or whatever it is at a conference. So that's why I love the fact that, that identify why you're going again, are you going for equipment? Are you going to get expand your skills with more classes? Um, Are you going to network? Um, And that kind of leads me into my next favorite thing. When you're at a conference, um, it's about it's about networking. That's one of the most important reasons to go. And when I say networking, I'm not talking about just collecting business cards like we all used to in the old days and drop them in a Rolodex and somebody now is going to have to go look up Rolodex to see what it is um, <laughs> or was. The point is that you're meeting people and the people you want to meet you want you want to be meeting people and adding people to your network that hopefully complicate complement your weak spots. So for example, I always recommend that everybody needs to know one person at every vendor they deal with. And that includes Mm. manufacturers, labs, frame companies, album companies. You want to have one contact there. And the reason you want that one contact, one is because if you have a problem, they're a good resource with with their particular company and product. But the second reason that people forget about, and I'll use labs as an example, Whoever your rep is at at whatever lab you use, they talk to hundreds of photographers every single day. 
Right. And I'm not suggesting everybody go call their lab like the own the old I think it was Gallo Wines used to have the answer grape. I'm going back at least 20 <laughs> years in television advertising. You don't want to treat them like the answer grape on every single question. But right. let's assume you're having a problem with 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 something that that's more of a local issue um, and you just don't know how to resolve it. You will often find that just in talking to your contact at the lab that oh my God, you're having a problem with collections. Well, I just talked to this person in Cleveland and you're out in, I don't know, Santa Fe and you might want to give them a call or here's how they solved it. And Mm -hmm. you suddenly find it makes your network stronger. And I look Mm -hmm. at a network like a target right in the center. In that first circle is you and those two or three people that you're absolutely closest to that you trust your most that uh, trust the most. It could be your spouse. It could be a, mm-hmm. a um, son or daughter. Um, it could be one of your very best friends. Could it be your parents? That's the, that's that center spot. But then as you go out in each ring, it expands out. So the, by, th- by the time you get out to like the third ring, you've got vendors in there and you've got other photographers and that's another big part of your network. Uh, and let's use weddings as an example. You're not going to be able to shoot every single wedding that comes along. And there are going right. to be times when you're already booked. Well, rather than say to a client, geez, I'm sorry, I'm already booked. Give clients a positive alternative. Give mm-hmm. them somebody they can talk to and say, you know what? I'm booked, but I've got a friend that does, you know, my friend Lynn does great weddings. Um, mm-hmm. Why don't you give him a call? Here's his number. Or same thing. And, and, and in another respect, uh, you did a great job on the wedding and the bride comes back and says, hey, I'm having a baby. Will you be there when the baby's delivered? And you hate shooting babies right. and newborns and maternity. But you know what? Lori Nordstrom does a great job on babies and maternity. Here's her number. I'll call her for you. I mean, mm-hmm. just be Helpful. Be helpful. Yeah. Right. I, Tony Corbell used to talk about customer service years. In fact, he probably still does in his programs. And Tony would talk about how if you're standing on Main Street at Disney and say, what time is the electric light parade? They'll say, oh, it starts at, let's say, eight o'clock. Um, but mm-hmm. then they'll add, and you know where a great place to stand is? Right over, mm-hmm. you know, over at that corner. So don't just give customers a yes or no answer. And this is where your network comes in. And there's another reason. Every time you sit down in a program, like like a ClickCon, there are tons of classes and speakers. If you're in there sitting next to somebody or in your hand, you're in a hands-on shooting program and you're standing next to somebody, introduce yourself. Let them know right. who you are. Yeah. Talk to them. I was going to ask about networking with peers as well, peers and, and mentors and things like that. Absolutely. You need, you need to know everybody with a camera that can help you. And everybody mm-hmm. with a camera that you can help, it goes both ways. Mm-hmm. So you're building your network. And again, you may be standing next to somebody in, in let's use Peter Hurley. And Peter is just phenomenal with headshots. And you're standing next to Peter in a program about, about how to get natural expressions. And the person you're standing next to happens to be children and family. And you're a wedding photographer. Well, mm. gee whiz, here's a, here's a great relationship. And depending on mm-hmm. where they're located, there may be things you could do together, um, which kind of leads me to the next bullet. 
There's no continuity here, by the way. So if you were, if anybody listening thought they were going to get continuity out of me, I'm just Here's doing a continuity skip. I'm doing, a, I'm doing a brain dump here. So <laughs> like it or not. Um, and here's what, here's another thing that happens with brain dump. No, I got it. I almost lost my thought. Um, plan your meals. Never eat a meal alone when you're at a conference. Now, when you get to be, you know, an, an old rambling knucklehead like me, um, every now and then Why, there are times when Sheila and I just love to get out um, and just have a nice quiet breakfast for the two of us. Or maybe as we're getting ready in the morning, we're going to order room service. But for the most part, everybody should eat eat lunch, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, and ClickCon is a perfect example. Plan your meals. Mm -hmm. um, and look for some in advance. In fact, depending if you know Chicago, there's some great restaurants. There may even be, and, and Vegas is the same way with WPPI. There may be some places you want to get a reservation in advance. The point mm -hmm. is that don't just go to a conference and then be together with the same friends that you're with all the time. Bring in, I'm not saying don't, I'm not saying ignore your friends because that's another great reason to be at a conference, but bring somebody new into the circle. You know, you're, right. you're, you're standing in, in, let's use Sherry this time. You're in, you're in one of Sherry's hands-on shooting programs and she's remarkable mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. you're standing next to somebody and you start talking and you've got a lot of things in common or you've got nothing in common, but Hey, what are you doing for lunch? Right. You know, let, let's go to lunch because over a meal, that's one of those totally disarming situations where mm -hmm. everybody pretty much feels comfortable and you tend to talk about anything and right. talking about anything takes me to another point of talk to the icons the people that you see at a conference so often especially new photographers are intimidated you know they don't right. they don't want to go talk to well, who roberto valenzuela or jerry guionis right, uh, right. as two examples who are going to be a click on they don't want to go talk to them and because well that god you know who they are well, yeah, they know who they are, and yeah. we all know and who I, they I, are. Yeah. But what people don't realize is how approachable all of the speakers are at every conference. It's not just this one we've been talking about, but all of us are out there teaching because we love teaching, because we have a goal, because we want to make the industry a little bit better, because we want to get photographers to raise the bar on their marketing. And you put all that together, and you see somebody walk by. Um, don't don't worry about just stopping. Don't interrupt them when when they've got a crowd around them or they're talking to somebody else. Don't be rude and don't come on like like a stormtrooper. But take the time to just introduce yourself and just say, hey, I you know, I've admired your work. Just wanted to meet you. I'm based in whatever city and I do a lot of wedding work or children or family or whatever it is you photograph. And then that's it. And then you've then now you've got the ability for the first step of bringing them into your network because in right. most cases something might come up down the road where because you've met them um, the door is kind of open now right. You're, you've right. got a relationship you you you've started the process and right. I'll stop so, for a second yeah. and let you I feel no, sorry no, for that, you this, this morning you're not you're not getting a word in. No, this is fine. You look, I, I get ready to ask a question. You ask it and answer it. So <laughs> you, you make my job so easy. So I'm not complaining at all. All right. Uh, you, you know, one of the things you talked about in your 
blog was like taking handouts. So you're making all these contacts. And I remember reading, you talked about taking in this day and age when most people want to show you their work on their phones and laptops and, and, and iPads and, and, and devices like that, you say takes like paper. You got it. And, and you talked about that. You mind just elaborating on, oh, on yeah. why that is? And, and I'm going back. I, I can go back to my Hasselblad days. I can go back to Rangefinder and WPPI, which was a lot more recent. The problem is that, especially when you're at a conference, you're going up and, and let's, use, let's use Panasonic as an example. You're going up to talk to, to Tom Curley or one of the guys in the booth. You want to mm-hmm. show them your work. Well, the problem is it's a trade show. And most of the time, everybody is busy. Everybody is crazed. Um, right. Anybody that's ever worked a booth, uh, mm-hmm. especially at a busy show, um, you don't have time. It, it's not because you're rude. It's because you simply right. don't have time. And it's because you're overworked, under, overworked underpaid, mm-hmm. and, and suddenly somebody wants to show you their portfolio. Now, right. phones, I'm a big fan of showing people images on my phone. I'm a big fan of an iPad, um, on a laptop, um, and I'm also a big fan of just the good old-fashioned portfolio cases. The problem is there needs to be something in the middle, and that's where in this, in this post that you're referring to, um, I suggested that people go to an oversized – my favorite has always been an oversized postcard, so roughly a six-by-nine card with mm-hmm. with – three to five images on it and your contact information and somebody handing me that, especially going back into my, my WPPI days or even today for that matter. Um, I might not look at it then it's going to go into my pocket or it's going to go into my, I always, I always travel with some kind of a folder briefcase notebook, something that I always Mm -hmm. have with me when I'm walking a trade show and it'll go in there and then what happens is at the end of the day, or sometimes it's not until I get back from the conference, I'm going to go through all my business cards and I'm right. going to go through my postcards and things like that. And now that triggers, now I've got something to look at and I'm doing it in when the time is I'm under my relaxed. control. Right. And that's why I like it. In fact, I, I, I showed the images from a piece by Lenworth Johnson, who is a photographer out of Houston, who did a beautiful job on this four by six piece. And it's four by six double sided prints that he put in a spiral binder. And again, it's small. It's a, it's essentially a little booklet of his work and the back page has his contact information. So he's able to Mm. show great work. And then um, at the time I met him, it was Photoshop world. And, he had a, I'm guessing it was probably 8 by 10 or 11 by 14 um, portfolio so that if he had met somebody that wanted to see it, he's got bigger images because we're a tactile mm-hmm. industry. People still sure. like to touch and hold a photograph and Absolutely. you won't get the same richness out of an iPad. Not that an iPad is wrong because it's not. It's an incredible marketing tool. And again, I'm, I'm a huge fan of of texting technology too. And, and I do a lot of work with a company called phototexting.com and texting is, is the new way uh, to communicate. But when you're in the middle of a conference, having a good, strong leave behind is the ideal way to get somebody to remember you. 
Yeah. Now there's another piece to that is Mm -hmm. when you have gotten time from somebody and let's say you were in, in the Panasonic booth and you got, you met Tom and you talked to him. Um, when you get back, send him a short handwritten note that just says, Hey, you know, we met in the middle of the conference. I know you were busy. Just want to thank you for your time. You don't have to do any more than that and drop your business card in with that. And that has, I mean, we've gone full circle. Email doesn't give the same sincerity and emotion as a handwritten note. And I can guarantee if you want somebody to remember you, send them a handwritten note because Mm. you'll be one of the only ones that they've got for years. Yeah. It makes you stand out. Sure. So, and so to wrap this up now, we talk about, you, you, you talked about growth. So you're going and, and you make your plan going in and what you want to accomplish, who you want to meet, the connections you want to make. At the end, I'm, I'm a big fan of measuring somehow what kind of progress did I make, if any. Any thoughts on how you might do that? Yeah, actually, there are two things. Um, just prior to the growth, at the end of each day, take 10 minutes, 20 minutes, half an hour, you know, but before you hit the pillow and just go through your notes from the day, Mm -hmm. look at your cards because I can guarantee, I think most people, we all do the same thing. We write down one word to remind us something next to a phone number. And then at the end of the Mm -hmm. day, you're going, what did I mean? Yeah. What what did I, what I mean? What did I mean? Um, when I wrote that, so that helps you analyze you know, how well you've done during the day and, and who did you meet and just mm-hmm. put that together so that you're a little bit organized and then you can come back to it when you get back. But the true growth and, and it's a quote from somewhere and I can't remember where I got it, but growth only happens outside your comfort zone. And instead of taking classes, um, there, there's some amazing presentations that are, that are going to take place at ClickCon. Instead of going because it's an amazing presentation, but it's right on top of your specialty, which you're already very good at, mm-hmm. plan on on mixing it up and at least every day take one class or more that's outside your comfort zone. And and a, a good example is mm-hmm. if there's a program on uh, with somebody shooting macro photography, and I don't know if mm-hmm. there is or not at this upcoming conference, but if there is, that's a great example. Most photographers, unless they're into, um, you know, bugs and and okay. abstract and fine art, Objects, and right. we'll, we'll look at macro and go, well, I don't really shoot macro. Uh, I used to love it when I would ask a, a group of photographers, does anybody, anybody do any tabletop work? And this would be a group of wedding photographers, and they'd all say no. Mm. And it's like, really? <laughs> the toughest tabletop the shot ring, in the right. whole world to get is the wedding cake. And the bride mm-hmm. is using her grandmother's cake, cake knife and wants to be able to see the engraving on the knife. And you don't know how to get the shot. And right. it's kind of important to do that. So if you're going to a conference, um, another one would be maternity and newborns. Mm-hmm. You know, you're people, you're a family photographer, but you really don't do weddings. But you know what? It just so happened that the flower girl was, was you know, a year and a half old and toddled down the aisle. Um you want to you want to have as much strength in your skill set as you possibly can and going to a conference and taking some classes like i said completely outside your comfort zone 
at least opens that 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 door. At least helps you understand some of the things you can do with your camera that you might not be doing now, or things you can do with lighting or posing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I hear photographers all the time talk about, well, I'm not into classic portraiture, and they're wedding photographers, and they want to shoot <laughs> strictly as a journalist. And that's mm-hmm. great, but what are you going to do when the mother of the bride says, I want, I want a picture of the bride and groom for my piano. Mm. How do you get that? How do you get that classic bread and butter always sells portrait right. or right. Justin and Mary Moran's call it, you know, shooting for the silver frame. That's that one image <laughs> that, that during like the wedding that. they'll pay attention to that they know is going to be, that's the one. That's right. the one that's going right. to define the event for the parents. For the next 30 years. Yeah. Sure. Well, this is good stuff, Skip. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I'm exhausted. Can I, can yeah, I go take I a nap? Take, you've earned it. <laughs> so any, did we leave anything else out that you wanted to cover here? Or I don't, I don't think. We, I mean, a reminder to everybody to wear comfortable shoes, get business cards because they're still valid. Um, mm-hmm. Also, there is one more that, that everybody ought to check. Make sure you're adequately insured. Um, you've got an awful lot of photographers. In fact, 50% of the industry for the last 25 years have been part-time photographers. And insured for the show, you mean? For the, it, when you take equipment, when you're taking equipment with you. I see. Make, okay. make sure that your equipment, yeah, I'm sorry. Make sure that your equipment is insured because if you're, if you're using it for business, your home policy doesn't cover it. And if you're at a hands-on workshop and you put your camera bag down and don't pay attention and stuff can walk um, yeah. at every show. It always happens to somebody. I remember at WPPI one year, we had a woman lose most of her gear. She didn't pay attention to closing her hotel room door when she went out and the door never closed all the way. And because of today's technology, they were able to look at the computerized key code and see that it was never closed. So it wasn't that her room was broken into and the hotel certainly didn't take any responsibility. Um, but all she had to do is give the door an extra pull. So just make sure that you're adequately, your equipment is insured. Yeah, that's tough. And there is one other one. If you're going to a conference where you think you really are in a buying mode, um, get a credit rating uh, in terms of leasing and look at a business hmm. lease because so often you can do a lease with a with a low-cost buyout of the gear and I've said for years, why not use somebody else's assets without depleting yours? And by leasing, um, and renting does too. Renting is more short-term. Leasing, it's actually in your camera bag every morning when you wake up. Right. Um, by doing that, you're not tying up your cash flow. And I remember Joe Busink having a great story in, that, that he talked about in a book we did together years ago where he wanted a tilt-shift lens and spent a fortune on it. Uh, it tied up his cash flow, and then he wound up selling it at a loss because he barely used it. And yeah. when you're starting out, especially, you know, it, your your cash flow, you need to pay attention to it. It's nice when your cash flow is good, and it's nice when you can think about something other than ramen noodles or macaroni and cheese for dinner. <laughs> and I love macaroni and cheese. And for those out there that night. think, well, he doesn't <laughs> eat macaroni and cheese. No, I don't anymore. But boy, there were plenty of times when I did. And right. every photographer out there has had that stretch where business slowed down. Mm-hmm. 
And I think that's it. If you don't ask me another that's one, good. then I won't come up no, with another this, one. But if you keep pushing, was, I'll probably find something I forgot. Well, this is great. Thank you. Um, so where do people find you, photographers go to find you? Well, everything that I write every day is at skipcohenuniversity.com. And my email is skip at mei500.com. And I give it out very openly. Um, I love to be able to help photographers and people say, well, I don't want to be a pest. Well, when you get to be a pest, I will let you know. And on Twitter, <laughs> it's Skip Cohen. And on Facebook, it's Skip Cohen. Excellent. Thank you so much again. This has been just a great range of information and look forward to maybe bumping into you at the next conference. All right. I hope you enjoyed the episode with Skip Cohen as much as I did. As you can see, he is just overflowing with great information for photographers. And I'm so thankful to him for sharing just a bit of his wisdom with us. You might have noticed that Skip mentioned ClickCon a couple times. This is the conference that Sherry introduced last week and where Skip will also be speaking. If you're interested in learning more or attending ClickCon, check it out at my bit.ly link, bit.ly forward slash clickcon dash eos that's bit.ly forward slash c-l-i-c-k-c-o-n dash eos that link gets you registered and you also help out the eos photographer podcast if you're planning on attending drop me a line and let me know i'm interested in knowing who's going to this conference and what your thoughts are all right Thanks again for joining another episode of the EOS Photographer Podcast. Next week, I'll be teaching again. One of the questions photographers ask most when they start learning their DSLRs. If you are an emerging photographer and in learning mode, if you want to know what that means, go back to episode 103. I give you all the levels. So if you are an emerging photographer, this is one you won't want to miss. All right. Until then, keep on shooting. Let's go out and create something amazing. Mm -hmm.